he did not want to shoot. Versus if you went back and you looked at the games in the Bahamas when we are playing Baja Blast Tech, he's letting those things fly. <laughs> Cal was the coach of, our, of at least my childhood. Uh, I mean, I was always a tubby guy. Um, I was a tubby kid growing up. Just take um, Muhammad Ali at, then, uh, at center. Then you have actually to played for Kentucky, Kentucky University of players. Kentucky. Oh, daggone it, guys. I did not prepare for this. Because they're both going to be key contributors to a national championship team. No, do not tell me to relax, Zach, because I'm all in on this squad, and it's going to happen. What is up, Big Blue Nation? Matt Zach BBN here, joined by my three Twitter best friends, Wildcat's Tongue, Big Blue Bud, and 270 Bradley Smith, and we are rup to no good. Bradley, long time no see. Um, I heard that a special someone took you to your first ever Kentucky football game. How did that go? Yes, that is true. Uh, one member of this podcast group, not going to name names, uh, but it was Matt. Uh yeah, he uh, <laughs> sent me a text. It was like, hey, I've got an extra ticket. You're like my third option. I really don't want to go with you, but everybody else canceled. Uh, do you, you want him that ticket? <laughs> <laughs> do you do you want to go to the game? And I was like, I mean, sure. And I, you know, I had to had to get it cleared and all that. And but yeah, we had a good time. Um, not actually at the game. That was. That was bad, uh, which we're going to talk about that, I'm sure. Uh, but, no, I, I had a good time, though, with, with Sack and uh, getting getting to drive around Louisville a little bit. Uh, it was my first time actually in Louisville. Uh, so that was, that was an adventure. And, uh, yeah, my first time at Kroger Field. Uh, so I'd, I had a blast with that. Although, Matt, I'm afraid that – I showed you something at the game that made you even more disgusted uh, than the product on the field. Yeah, Bradley put uh, a packet of ketchup on his hot dog. That, that's what it was. Yeah, which hot dog? And a hot dog. We weren't. <laughs> we're not in Chicago, Glizzy. so I wasn't like overly <laughs> upset. But yeah, well, ketchup is the only thing that should go on a hot dog yeah nothing else well sack if you must know the hot dogs got their retribution because i'm pretty sure i had food poisoning oh. for like <laughs> for like three days i was just i was, just, I was just i was in a Michigan bad place i was in a bad place yeah go ahead when i was younger like you know like i don't know middle school age i would occasionally open up the fridge and get out hot dogs and then just eat them cold you know okay just eat them but does anybody else do that is that like gross? raw so yeah yeah just raw just cold so, so out of the fridge man. and they're like out of the bag you know it's like so this it off to get all the drip off and then just the, like, this guy my dad used to work with his wife had him on a diet because he was like five eight and 500 pounds like he was just a massive guy and uh his wife put him on a diet and to sneak food from her, he would stop at the gas station and get a uh <laughs> and and get a, a package of hot dogs and just like eat them raw on the way home. Just like a, a, an eight packet, an eight pack of like just raw 
Yeah. Oscar Meyer hot dogs. I'd never eat eight at the time. You know, yeah, one, no, he usually he, he would eat eight. Um, rest in peace. There should be a there should be a phrase for just eating hot dogs like that. For eating raw there should be dogs. For eating raw <laughs> there should <laughs> be all that. Tell you what, uh, in the comments when it, on this tweet that you're listening from, uh put put in the comments what do you think that uh should be called? Eating raw hot dogs. Try not to get flagged. I was hoping that Bradley was about to tell a story about how he did that too. And there would be some speaking speaking of flags, let's all pour one out for our friend Danny Davis. This is (laughs) this is the worst thing Elon has ever done. Let's pour one out for Danny Davis. Man, rest in peace. Twitter has not been the same for the last, I don't know, it seems like years since I've heard from Danny. (laughs) I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the show. Oh, go ahead. I'm waiting for the Undertaker gift, just like Pels. When you oh man, I need it. I need it. <laughs> Friend of the show, uh, Shay, he uh, tweeted out like "Rest in peace, Danny Davis," talking about how his Twitter was deleted. <laughs> um, and several people were in the comments were like, "Wow, praying for his family." Like, can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's actually I just, true because but I want to put on the record: like, Danny is alive. We think he's just not on Barely. Twitter anymore. <laughs> He's just screaming into the hollers of Appalachia. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. Do you think Danny is listening right now? No. Right no. now? Since he's no not way. live, probably not right now. Unless he's okay, in the Okay, fight me, buddy. Which is possible. Danny, if you are listening, we love you, and we're looking forward to your return in whatever way that's going to be. If you create another burner... Uh, reply to this tweet so we know it's you. <laughs> if there is one member of BBN Twitter that lives within my walls, it is 100% Danny Davis. <laughs> there's, there's no one else. That's like most likely. Buddy, I've been dying to ask you a question for like three days now. This oh. uh, Mexican alien, or what do you feel about? <laughs> Why are you asking me? <laughs> Build the wall. Why are you asking me? <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> Did the alien the that alien. the Mexican government is talking about that looks exactly yeah, well, like the, the phrasing the phrasing well, he, he of that said was build horrible. the wall after you said Mexican alien. So I was like, I did minute. not say that. No, I did not. Charged. <laughs> Neither did I. That must have been WT. Brett, um, put that evil on. I saw that. I saw that little that little guy on uh, on Twitter. Um, I don't know why you're asking me about it or what the inside joke is. There's no inside but, joke. I saw it on like twitter and i thought what would buddy think about this oh yeah i don't think it's real or anything but it kind of re- reminded me of um of our uh fellow ball knower chin uh chin <laughs> him coleman uh they favor each other him and that little alien at mz whatever numbers it is like they that's who i thought of when i first saw it um then i was like nah it's probably not real but if it is real then it's definitely a descendant of his so that's all i thought about it well, now I'm glad I asked. WT, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I had to stray away from the ALA today. I'm going with good old fresh bottled water, um, which is really sad, but I do have a little bit of a sore throat, so it's kind of needed. Um, I'm really excited because I've done uh, way too much prep work for our draft for today's episode. I spent, like, I scrolled through so many lists of names to try to find like the best draft class I can find. Uh, so I'm excited that that's what I'm looking forward to for this episode. I'm definitely not looking forward to talking about big Z or the football game or anything like that. So. 
Shout out to Sack, by the way. He supplied me with my first ever BlackBerry L8, and that was mm. extremely nice. It's much That's, appreciated. What's all this Matt Sack promo? First, you it's like you're, you got a gun held to you or something. Did he pay you to say all this? Like, oh, thank you, Matt Sack, for bringing me to my first game and showing me Louisville for the first time and giving me a BlackBerry L8. Like what's what's going on here? Can't we just be good friends? I don't know. It's getting suspicious. He just keeps bragging on you. I don't. I mean, we're all going to be hanging. And now out. he's sweating. Now he's sweating. Blink we're all going to. Okay. We're all, we're all going to be hanging out next week down at Vandy. So, I mean, we'll we'll all have an opportunity for for fun then. For fun. Yeah. What, Matt, we how have, are you doing? We have fun as friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing great. Awesome. I uh. I've been working from home, taking care of my little boy, Harvey, my new puppy every day, and he's been getting better by the day, being very well behaved. I've caught up on some sleep. My girlfriend did a very nice thing and took the dog out and fed him this morning while I got like an extra hour of sleep. So I'm feeling great. I have a very fresh, crisp ale eight, and I'm here talking with my friends. I don't care how weird or suspicious it is because we're going to have lots of fun, even if we're talking about some somewhat disappointing things. Let's start with the football game. Um, yeah, you wouldn't think that Kentucky would have like back-to-back blowout wins. I don't even know if I call the second one a blowout wins, but back-to-back convincing wins, um, but look so terrible in the process that we're here concerned. My biggest thing with the football games is last year, it's like we came out slow, like we were losing to Miami of Ohio, didn't look good against NIU. Um, and then we get into SEC play, and then it was just one big disappointment. We choked at Ole Miss. We lose to Vandy. We lose to South Carolina. And it was kind of just like one whole just like disappointing season. They started slow. They were slow in the middle. They ended slow. And so much energy was going into the season. Leary's back, or Leary's coming in. Ray Davis is coming in. The wide receiving core is back. Key pieces on defense are back. Liam Cohen is returning And it's kind of just been the same stuff. Slow Mark Stoop style of play, not being able to put teams away, not being able to just get three and outs consistently. The defense isn't breaking, but it sure as hell is bending. The offense just can't put a complete drive together until the second half. It's a little bit frustrating. What do you guys think? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, Not a fan of especially the KU game. Um, My big thing right now with... That's it. Okay. Uh, My big thing right now with... uh, uh, (laughs) I'm so sorry. We need to stop recording this with video because we don't even use the video. But (laughs) it just gives Buddy an opportunity to try to make us laugh. Um, So I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say like, Hey guys, don't worry. We always have a game like this in the season. We're like, we're playing some FCS, a really bad team and uh, we suck and we barely win. But I would say that in most of those games, the reason why we struggle, it, it's like a preview to some other struggles that we have in games that we should win. Like in 2021, when we could not score against UT Chattanooga. Well, turns out we couldn't score against Mississippi state later, later that season. Like, there, there's other games where we really struggled offensively that almost cost us uh, in other games. So I'm concerned about the offense. I really like second half Devin Leary. Second half Devin Leary is a Heisman candidate, if we're being honest, so far this season. First half Devin Leary, 
uh, may not win a starting job in like even at like Louisville. <laughs> and I don't want to make the like the same old like basketball football comparisons, but I feel like Stoops is kind of like approaching like that Cal territory. Like, all right, he's been here over a decade. Um, we're starting to see a lot of themes reoccur in a negative way. Um, like we started seeing with Cal and that kind of started leading, like it started snowballing, you know, um, like Cal, it's like, all right, you're not running a modern offense. You slow down the game too much. You're playing too big. So you don't run, you're not spacing the floor. You're stuck in your ways. It kind of feels like Stoops is like, all right, you're, you got us to a very high level relative to Kentucky football standards. Mark Stoops, excellent job. And now it's kind of like, all right, we're getting stuck in these waves. We need to take this next stop. We got to get past 10 wins. We're trying to get like top two SEC East consistently. And, but we're, we're struggling to put away these easy teams. Um, we can't run a fast paced offense. We can't just go out there and get like a six play drive. That's a touchdown. Like it seems like pretty much every other SEC program could do against no name schools. Our defense just can't get out. Like can't get a third three and out. Like, who's like a bad, like, even like Arkansas, who's like kind of like our similar tier in football right now, like they're beating teams like 70 nothing, 66 to 10, stuff like that. Like, why can't we just have one of those games? I, I feel like, I mean, obviously, I think Stoops has like still room to improve because I think that we're going to see Cal improve also this season. I mean, you know, he's the players, the kind of players he's got, and the kind of rosters he's built, and the kind of way that we played in Canada is just a testament to him sort of adjusting and modernizing and changing a little bit i think um and so we'll see that and i think that we could see that with stoops as well but i mean you do kind of expect or hope for more with him getting paid what he is and him being here as long as he is given like facilities and resources and everything else like he just i feel like the standard should you know should raise a little bit there and and that's that same old thing that we keep seeing i i feel like stoop has um we have like two bad games a year one of them is like against an sec team and it's just a boneheaded loss that we shouldn't have dropped, like, you know, Vanderbilt <laughs> last year, um, you know, and other teams. And then we have one bad game, like, early in the year, like that, like Chattanooga, and then this last game, like, uh, against uh, Eastern, where you just, like, you're going to win because you're just a way superior team, but, like, you still played a bad game and just, you know, like, you can't do that against, like, a real program. You know what I mean? Uh, no offense, EKU. Yeah, well, like, EKU didn't even play that great of a game. Like it wasn't like EKU's best versus our worst. Like EKU made some really key mistakes that we just didn't take advantage of. So like even if like we're playing against EKU probably like they're 80% best and we're still losing in the third quarter within one possession in the fourth quarter. Imagine we play like that wouldn't even cut it against a mid to high tier SEC team's worst how we played. Now, can we get better? Obviously, like we're not throwing away the entire season here, but it is really concerning. And, you know, it, it didn't help that Eastern's quarterback turned into Johnny Manziel there for a couple drives. He was insane for a little bit. Uh, but I, I'm just not in love with a lot of the decision making that I've seen so far from the offense. It, it just seems like, you know, the, their their minds are somewhere else. I mean, how many penalties did we have on the offensive line against EKU? I mean, it was nuts. Now, some of them were kind of junk, like one of the holding on uh, on Caddis. That was not holding. Uh, but some of them is just like, you, you, you can't do that. And sometimes it looks like receivers are 
either receivers are running the wrong routes or or Leary is expecting them to run a different route. And sometimes it seems like running backs just can't find the hole when it's right in front of them. Uh, but I, I don't. It's just frustrating to be like, we're it, it's so close to being such a good offense. Just so many little mental mistakes. I think might end up not being a good thing for us. I have a question, and this might be controversial because I don't know how legitimate this is, but I saw a tweet the other day by at typical Kentucky fan, uh, some numbers, I can't remember exactly. Um, but he was like, are are the rumors true? Or does anybody think the rumors are true about Cohen and Stoops getting into a little like argument because Cohen wanted to just blow the game open and Stoops kept wanting to pump the brakes. And, uh, you know, I don't know anything about that or I didn't see that. You know, I wasn't on Twitter much during that game. Um, but did y'all see anything about that or hear anything about that? This is the this is the first I'm hearing of it. I don't want to spread rumors, especially with everything going on with Liam's Cohen situation Same, right, right now. Yeah. But I would say I would believe it if like like if Justin Rowland or someone else super credible came out and was like, Yeah, this did happen, I'd be like, Okay, I would believe it. Because it did feel like and I also don't like it was not Stoops's fault, at least like not in the moment of the game that our offensive line looked like it had five Logan Stenbergs with the amount of like false starts <laughs> and holdings that we had on third and one um, or that Josh Caddis again, the second hold was kind of BS, but the first one's like, dude, what are you doing? Or Dane key dropping two different third down passes or like Barry on Brown dropping a third down pass. It's, like, Bradley, you hit the nail on the head so close to just being so well executed. But it's like every time it's like we had 10 guys do what they were supposed to do, and one did just enough to make it fail. And it wasn't always one guy. It was a different guy. But every single play, there was one guy that was doing something that, like, just missed it. Yeah, I, there was one game a couple years ago. I don't remember when it was or against two or even exactly what the play was, but – we had got like a, a what would have been a game winning or a game sealing pick six or fumble recovery or something. And then it's just like, oh, we got a block in the back. And so it, it comes back and it's like, oh, you know, what what are we doing? We could have won this game. And I and and these are things I think really that go back a couple of years. Uh, really several years because we've talked about how frustrating it is just to to watch some of these slugfest games where like Cincinnati beats EKU by what was it 66 to zero or, or, or something like that and you know even Louisville is beating Murray State as bad as they did uh, and we just don't do that now I think part of it could have been uh not wanting to run up the score. And I, I guess I get that to an extent. You know, so many former UK guys on, on EKU staff, like you don't want to embarrass them. And then everything that uh going on with their former coach, you know, you, you don't really want to embarrass them. But the level of competition, if they kept it within 40, I think would be, you know, a testament to uh, – to uh, EKU playing well and UK not running up the score. But forget being within 40. It was within 10 for the majority of the game, I'd say. Uh, well, at least for sure three quarters. Uh, the fourth quarter got a little 
expanded after that. But I mean, we were like, down. We were down yeah. seven, like a minute away from halftime. Yeah. So it's I mean, just we only like one by eleven. <laughs> it's like come out, beat Akron convincingly. Like don't do what you do, <laughs> and uh, just beat them convincingly, and I'll feel a lot better about even Vandy and Florida. Because if we play like we played for most of the game against EKU versus even a team like Vandy or a team like Florida that by all accounts is very poopy, their skill level is just so much higher than an EKU. And I'd be afraid that we'd be in too deep of a hole versus a legitimate team. Something that has me feeling very good heading into next game is a Certain very handsome member of this podcast has been putting out very handsome looking graphics that have shown that Kentucky offense has done very handsome looking things like the past four or five consecutive drives. Um, what is it? Four straight drives with a touchdown to close out that EKU game as terrible as it looked. It was, and it, it should come with a caveat because it's EKU, but like, those drives took forever. We only had three, or I guess technically four, offensive drives in the second half. And that's, you don't get the, uh, like, pick six, or not the pick six, the fumble recovery and the uh, uh, kickoff return to kind of make that happen. Like, we're playing so slow, and it's kind of crazy that we were playing so slow. Uh, but the offense did pick up. We had uh, four straight passing touchdowns in four straight offensive possessions so if they can keep that up great obviously like if they've figured out something if cohen figured out something then we're rocking and rolling but they got to show it against akron for this fan base not to worry one thing that we did starting to show was like the end arounds with barry and brown i really like that i think cohen had to open up the playbook a little bit more than he wanted to yeah uh, that was kind of i think I we've thinking. always had that i think i think we have that and we've had that but we would rather debut that against Florida and Georgia instead of EKU. Yeah. I, I was kind of thinking like there were a bunch of people around me like, why don't we do that more often? And it was like, I think the plan was like the Florida to not know that that was a thing until Barry and Brown was 70 yards past everyone and in the end zone. But on the other right. side of the football, really displaying excellence again, Trevin Wallace didn't think he could improve much from his week one performance. When was the last time we've seen a defensive player single-handedly not just carry the defensive unit but the team as a whole i mean eku should have been beating us like 21 to 7 at halftime instead we're tied and i'd say almost single-handedly due to trevin wallace i mean we i don't think we've seen that level of a of a dominant player on defense since josh allen Mm -hmm. he so far looks fully the part of a first round linebacker now, I, I don't know football as much as some people, so I may that may not be actually true. But, like, if you look at him out there from the untrained eye, like, he is faster than everybody. He's smarter than everybody. He's hitting every single hole. He has so many QB hurries. I don't know how to find that stat. But, like, he is in the backfield all the time. He's second in the SEC in tackles per game. Like, he is all over the place. And, he you know, he's, he's just – he was a backup last year to DeAndre Square, like, where where's this guy been? I mean, Jamin Davis was a first round linebacker, and absolutely right. no disrespect to Jamin Davis at all. He was a great player for us, doing great things in the NFL. But I think Trevin Wallace is a better player than Jamin Davis. 
So, I mean, absolutely, Trevor Wallace could could definitely be a a first-rounder. Davis was a really weird situation, if I remember. Like, wasn't he supposed to be, like, a oh, third-round yeah. pick? He was supposed to be third-round. up the boards. Shot up, like, crazy pro days. And I think maybe combine. But he went, like, from third round to first round. It was nuts. Because he was, like, the measurables on him were insane. But, like, on yeah. film, or at least when you're watching that season, yeah, we didn't play great that season. We yeah. went, like, four and six or five and six. But, like, you were never like, man, Jamin Davis, like, he's yeah. a guy. But like yeah. you watch these two games and you hear Trevin's name like every other minute. It's it's crazy how impactful he is. And then like on top of that, we're not even talking about the defensive line that has like three future NFL linemen on it. Like that's how dominant Trevin has been. I mean, it, uh, yeah, Jamin Davis was kind of like uh, Bilal Kulabali uh, from the last <laughs> NBA draft. It's like didn't stand out on on film but his measurements and things like that were crazy but yeah this this defense like the the front seven I, it might be as good of a front seven as we've had collectively under stoops uh at at least in the last several years for sure i know some of the linebacker cores of the early stoops era were really good uh but as far as defensive line as a whole and linebackers this might be the most talented group that we've had and I know the secondary hasn't looked great, but it's way too deep, in my opinion, uh, to not succeed. I mean, like Jansen Dunn isn't even on like the too deep depth chart. And that's a guy that we were really excited on getting. Mm-hmm. Um, who is it? Harrison. He's, he's uh, Maxwell Harrison. He, he's made some mistakes, but he's also made some really good plays. I think he's just figuring out the defense. He's a new addition, correct? Yeah. Um, Jalen Geiger. So. No, no, no. Harrison's been here a couple of years, I think. I'll shut up then. It's just his Geiger first year really starting. Well. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, JQ uh, Hardaway is new. Hardaway, yep, he's new. Um, so we're putting pieces together. I think the secondary is going to put it together, and I don't know. I I think, yeah, I I just I just need a complete game, one against Akron. We'll talk about scores later and how many touchdowns Bradley thinks Ray Davis will score. But first, into some hoops. Which disappointing news do we want to talk about first? T.J. Beisner or? Uh, the unfortunately probably not so free Big Z. Let's talk about TJ because, like, with Big Z, it's not anything new. Yeah, but TJ is is new news. Yeah, friend of the show well, TJ Beisner looks like he is going in a similar role to North Carolina. Um, it was kind of funny. I tweeted out like, "Yeah, this is a bad look." Several people like commenting, quote tweeting. Uh, stuff of that nature, just like, "Oh, like, look at his family. He just wanted to leave." I am sure, and I'm not going to pretend I know anything about TJ Beisner's situation, um, but I am, I'm going to say I'm like 90, 95% sure. The reason he chose North Carolina as the final destination probably had a lot to do that his son lives there and he wanted to move closer with his family. I don't think that's the reason he left to begin with. I think um, Kentucky's just dysfunction in NIL um like La Familia like Cal pretty much single-handedly said to be like yeah La Familia that's our NIL that's just going to be the thing Beisner really doesn't have a role like he's kind of got to be like Rob Dillingham sometimes you just got to let him go out there and cook Mitch Barnhart won't get on board with it Cal just pretty much has to single-handedly force be like nope La Familia I'm getting all my donors myself because I'm I I'm, I can't leave it up to our program to figure out um, so it kind of sucks. We lost a good guy. And yes, I think that's why he left. And ultimately he chose North Carolina because obviously 
lateral move, another all-time program, um, can now do what he wants, and he's closer to his family. I think there's a lot of people that have theories on why he left, and I don't think there's just one right answer. I mean, a guy who grew up a Kentucky fan that, like, built his entire life and, like, professional life around Kentucky doesn't just leave Kentucky in a quote-unquote dream job. Um, I I did hear, like, th- it's a stressful job. Like, T.J. Beisner is not the first guy to hold that, like, right-hand man job. People cycle through so quickly. Like, it is tough to have that job because you are in charge of, like, any player thing, like dealing with all the player personalities and like outside of the gym, like all that stuff, uh, it, it wears on you. But also, yeah, like you were saying, Matt, like his job with NIL doesn't really matter at this point with La Familia. And if Cal can really get that going and get that group of uh, people to um, really make an impact on NIL, then TJ's job is not, <laughs> not necessarily needed for the NIL. So like they'll replace the position. There will be a new head of NIL. There will be a new head of like, like direct assistant to the head coach or whatever his official title was. Um, but I think the role is going to look way different than it initially looked with TJ. It's definitely not as serious or as sweeping of a problem as some people make it out to be. You know, some people look at this and say, Oh, this guy's falling on the basketball program. Uh, but I don't, I don't think it's really that deep. Uh, you know, it, it sucks in the sense of, uh, you know, TJ, a, a great guy to have around the program, somebody who no doubt about it cares about the players that we have uh, coming in and out of the program, somebody who takes his job extremely seriously. Uh, it sucks to lose him in that role, but also at the same time, kind of like Sack brought up, that with the the La Familia thing, his role was not going to be at all really what he signed on for. Uh, so he gets to go to UNC and do something that he enjoys doing uh, without the stress of, hey, this is my favorite team, a team that I grew up wanting to probably play for and ultimately work for uh, one day. And, you know, he, he's just like, well, three of the four of us grew up in, in Kentucky, I don't know if he actually grew up in Kentucky or not, wanting to play at Kentucky and, and do all these things. Uh, but he's able to go and do that at UNC and able to, like uh, like y'all said, bring up, be close to his son. Uh, so it sucks that he's not going to be around the program anymore because he's just always always been a class act, and I know all of us can attest to that. Uh, but, uh, you know, good good move for him and know that we'll be able to find somebody that will – help us and i'm not even sure that it's not just like a you know just like a business decision and there's nothing deeper to it you know like north carolina they saw something that kentucky was doing well or at least that tj beisner does it well and they offered him a position because they need to catch up you know uh, north carolina's been kind of down for the past couple years um and they've got to make sure that they keep their their big names and big recruits that are coming soon otherwise someone's going to get fired um, and, you know, maybe with, you know, this other like La Familia is going to be like 90 percent of the NIL. Um, you might not be able to justify matching what North Carolina offers. Like, who knows, you know, whatever the situation is at Kentucky or 
you know, what happened. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it speaks to just like how good he is at his job, how good he did for us. Uh, and, you know, I have nothing good to, except for good things to say about TJ Beisner. He got along with the players great. The staff loves him. The fans love him. Um, you know, I'm just thankful he was was here and it happened. So I'm not at all stressed about it. It's just another optics thing. Like Jai Lucas took a promotion at Duke. Like when you're a blue blood program, like that's the talent pool that other blue blood programs want to pull from. Like you're proven. They know that you're good. And it's just going to be a thing like that. I don't think we have to freak out every time it happens. Do you all think we'll get a inside scoop on what kind of uniforms North Carolina is going to wear? I'll get into uh, um, cahoots with whoever replaces TJ to try to keep that. uh, I mean, I technically a source, but like he didn't tell me anything important. (laughs) No, but wasn't it like live on a podcast once, like halfway through, you got like a DM from him that was like, yeah, we're wearing the 83 throwbacks or something like that or 93. Yeah, well, he had told me that there was a jersey coming. Uh, like, cause I had tweeted something about like, Hey, we should wear like blue versus red against Louisville instead of like blue and white or red and white. Um, and he said, Hey, not this, but something else. And so I was going to come in with some news and then he texted me or not texted. He DM'd me during the, during the recording. It was like, Hey, it's going to be 93 throwback. Think Jamal Mashburn. I was so yes, excited. You know, but, to tell, and now you're tattling on him. I mean, what's he going to do? Get a new job? <laughs> Uh, you know, the funny thing the funny thing is <laughs> that uh we wore those jerseys for like what was it like three or four games just because we were doing well in them so we just like yeah. kept wearing them till we lost or whatever like and we didn't wear them again happened. <laughs> yeah, and then never wore them again never saw yeah them. And apparently and this is this is not scoop from tj uh this is somewhere else i heard and i don't i don't even know if it's credible apparently there's other jerseys that exist and we were supposed to wear them last year, but we didn't. No, I actually heard that. I heard cream. I heard the opposite, that we went through jerseys a little faster than we wanted to. But, like, we were doing so bad that, like, we needed something to get going. So we started wearing new jerseys. Apparently, like, the 93s were scheduled because it was, like, the 20-year anniversary. But they do have – or 30-year anniversary. My God. Um, but they have other stuff in the bag. Didn't we – did we wear black ones last year? We wore we wore uh, a different yes, we, jersey. Bahamas. We wore black jerseys against Florida A and M. Yeah, who wore, oh, that's who right. wore dark, dark green, green jerseys. You're right. It was happen. the worst. Like at that point, you got to get permission from the NCAA to say, like, "Hey, Florida A and M, just wear your home jerseys." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I was it was game. so tough to watch that game. I was it was also being like long. broadcast on like SEC Network Four, so like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you couldn't. It was like eight pixels on the screen. You should have gone live. Also, man. they didn't they put didn't put any like piping around the lettering. So uh <laughs> like it was black and then blue letters without a border. And so you couldn't read the numbers, couldn't read the names. Like if you're gonna do a black jersey, do it well. I hate to say it, but Duke has the best jerseys in college basketball, them mm-hmm. and Kansas. Duke's black jerseys, or I guess they're like navy, are objectively awesome. And our black jerseys can't even read. What are they called? Like the Brotherhood jerseys or something? I don't know, and I don't care, but I just know that, that they look weird, good. like old English. Let me tell you, that Florida AM game, Jim Bob from Litchfield was livid that that game was streaming, streaming only. <laughs> They're on the computer. <laughs> I had a guy behind me that was complaining about Cal the whole time. 
Like, all right, dude, <laughs> I can do this all game. One one thing I will say about TJ, uh, I think maybe, is he was behind one of the player days that we did. And depending on how you feel about this player might depend on how you feel about his job as a whole. Uh, buddy, would you like to share what, yeah, what player that that was? I don't even think – I'm pretty sure that happened on the timeline. I don't think – like I DM'd him back and forth later about yeah. okay. potentially doing others. But, yeah, oh, yeah, he did that on the timeline. He oh, yeah, I for, I'd forgotten. jump-started Severe Wheeler Day. And, uh, you know, I don't know why or what the reasons was. I've always kind of suspected that maybe, you know, Wheeler needed a little pick-me-up or motivation or whatever. And so maybe that's kind of This what, was before the season, by the way. he said it. Yeah, before the season even started. But he was getting hate. Yeah. yeah, before the season even started. So I mean, there was I think there there was some reason for it, but we were and and Nick Roush is one of the biggest supporters of uh, Xavier Wheeler Day. So hey, friend of the show, shout, shout out to him. Friend of the show. We had a we had a listener's question that was like, "Hey, are we going to do more days like that?" I want to say yes, but Ooh, like if you think worry. about the days that we did, we had um, Damian Collins, Collins transferred, Lanceware, Lanceware. Transferred. Sabre Wheeler transferred. Oscar Shibwe left undrafted. And well, Toppin. Did we do point. a Jacob Toppin day? Yeah, we did uh, Toppin Tuesday, didn't we? Uh, oh yeah, may have. the The whole point was to um, like do players that I thought or we thought were were leaving and saving players that we thought would be back next season. Although Damian Collins day just sort of happened. Like yeah. that wasn't one of them. That was spontaneous, and then uh, maybe another one was spontaneous. Lance, Lance was spontaneous too. <laughs> yeah, Lance was just like hashtag. Lance <laughs> that wasn't even. That was a separate, a separate thing. I didn't even think about this. This is an even better segue. We did hashtag free Big Z, and then we might have made that worse. <laughs> WT WT did it. <laughs> we were literally cursed. Everyone that we do a hashtag for leaves. Oh man, right. we should we should so make a gonna... reverse jinx hashtag. So we're gonna do hashtag Shaden Sharp Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Just retroactively come back and play college. No, I was thinking something a little more nefarious. Oh, <laughs> oh! If we're ruining, if like some players are gonna big Z, uh, or we could do like uh, like KP Day, like Kenny Payne, K- Rick Kenny Barnes, Payne Day. Rick Barnes Day, uh, Zakai Ziegler Day. Uh, we should days where we celebrate. We if should we do start... Rick Barnes Day, the first day of the NCAA tournament. We know he's not making it out of the first weekend anyway. <laughs> King of the weird. first round. Big Z has not decommitted yet. That's good. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Is like he's around. Like if you go to his Twitter, like ignore most of the likes, but he is liking like some of the uh tweets that we're like putting out about like following Kentucky so, like, the DMs. Yeah. He wants to be here. Cal it's... wants him to be here, obviously. It th- there there are so many athletes <laughs> at the University of Kentucky that uh if Bradley doesn't talk the rest of the episode, he died. It's fine. We'll he'll be okay. Um but there's so many athletes at the University of Kentucky that Objectively, should not have gotten into UK even with the ninety four percent like acceptance rate. We know that. Like, I'm not saying anything that isn't, or at least shouldn't be known. If you were living in the delusion that every single athlete could have gotten into college without being an athlete, grow up. So the fact that Svonimir 
who speaks four languages, who can read tweets enough to like which ones that he's supposed to like. Like he should be at UK, but something's going he's on with that translate tweet button. No, not to beat the dead horse, <laughs> but I mean, he just ought to be here. I, and I think that I can already see how this is going to go because people keep asking if there's like more to the story or whatever. And I'm not going to say anything that I've been told that I'm not supposed to say, but like there are some like other details that if they do come out, people are going to say, ah, this is why, you know, there was a reason all along that admissions had, you know, that they didn't let him come and that, you know, this was all Cal was blaming it on them and people were blaming it on them and they were just doing their job. Like, no, like there, you're not going to be able to see past the nuance when that's like, they drop some details or leak it or whatever happens, but it's just completely on admissions. Like it's just completely on it up to their discretion. They he really had a locker. He has a locker with his name on it. He's in yeah. fantasy camp. We've already put out a promo tweet literally showing that he committed here and it's still not taken down. We already made memes. Was, he's not he's that wasn't team, like man. that wasn't like to put pressure on anybody. The basketball team's like, so what what I heard happen is that they ran all of his stuff like through the NCAA as like a test because you can't get clear from the NCAA until he's enrolled. So it's like, hey, as a test, would a unnamed player that has all this stuff going on would they be eligible the ncaa said yes he'd be eligible they they're just like, great in. yeah we're good let's announce him he's here um because they're like of course he's going to get into the college that's never been an issue like there's yeah. like there's some past kentucky basketball players that we know got in on dubious uh credentials what's going why why is this one special why is this one different at this point we've got <laughs> one of three things can happen right uh, either he, like, we get him in and somehow he commits and he's playing this semester, which is, you know, more and more, like, or less and less likely by the day. Or he's going to decommit and he's going to go to another program. Like, he's not going to wait till, you know, January or whatever. He's going to play somewhere else this semester. And then there's this chance. I know people have said there's no chance that this happens and they're guaranteeing it. But he hasn't decommitted yet. I don't know. I mean, Cal's good enough to recruit people. You know, there's some other things that Cal's, you know, it's possible to me in my head that we can convince him to wait till January. I don't know. It could happen. Um, that would be nice, but, you know, we'll see. There's it, no way that if he enrolled right now, he'd be one of the 15 dumbest kids on campus. I I agree. Did Pels graduate? He's going to this year. <laughs> Case in point. Pels can get into school. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Circling back to college football, we got to beat Akron this week. Outside of the Kentucky realm of things, one thing that I very much enjoyed watching has been Colorado. They upset TCU, they go beat Nebraska. Um, now Colorado State, their head coach is talking crap. And Dion, I love every single speech that Dion has done. And I get it. He's not everyone's cup of tea. Probably too much out there for everyone. I've really been enjoying watching Colorado play. Um, that kind of to segue into WT, you had an idea inspired by Dion Sanders. Do you want to describe Absolutely. your idea for our draft this week? Absolutely. We're always looking for drafts, draft ideas. If you have any, please, like when we do like the – uh listeners questions give us a draft idea um buy an idea let's let's build the coach prime coaching staff 
of the University of Kentucky basketball team. It's like, what what is the coolest, like, I, I don't know how to, des- like, how would you describe Coach Prime? Like, he's, cool is the like, only. He's like a, he's like a, a player's player, you know, like a guy that players want to play for. That right. it's fun. So he's got a swagger. He's understands what it means to be an elite player and he uses that to bring the best out of players he's motivating he's just cool he'll talk his shit and he'll back it up right so we're going to try to draft people i think the way we describe it is people connected with kentucky to build a kentucky basketball staff we're going to have a head coach and then three assistants um snake draft is normal um and a- anything goes uh as long as they're like somewhat connected to kentucky uh then they're on the board does anyone have a pitch for head coach because i i have a couple assistants i don't know if i want these people as our head coach though yeah, now are we drafting wait are we each drafting our own or are we drafting this together what well, i i think we should just try to come with a consensus unless you just want to do Ooh. your own Oh, that's fine. I have so many names. Like, I I don't know. Like, well, let's try to get the four to a lot. as a group and then right. hit our honorable mentions. Do these people have to be living? Yes, they would need to be on the coaching staff. Yes. Is this football coaching? Staff? Okay. Basketball. Basketball. Pay attention, oh, buddy. Uh, yeah, my bad. I know. Muhammad Ali. <laughs> <laughs> Muhammad Ali. Well, we just um, said Kentucky. We didn't specify UK. So what I did was I took a bunch of names that I thought would be interesting. I organized them a little bit by like old guys that people think were cool, like not middle-aged, but like a middle tier of like where young guys will know about them, but also like the older fan base will, and then young guys. Um, And I think personally, our staff should include at least one from each of those lists just because to get all of the coolness from all the different generations of fans. That's how we get it uh, best. Let's think head coach. Anyone have any ideas? I would like to nominate Bradley. <laughs> as head coach or to come up with a head coach? Uh, as head coach. He's the coolest guy I know. Thank you, buddy. That's what cool coolness sounds like. Thank you, buddy. And I, <laughs> and I would like to nominate Rick Patino. He was on my list. Absolutely. He's on your list. Rick Patino is on, on your list of coolest guys ever. Yeah. Uh, connected to Kentucky basketball. Yeah. You're you're telling me Slick you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to play for Rick Patino. You wouldn't want to meet him in a dimly writ dimly lit italian restaurant in louisville you're telling me you wouldn't want to do that i don't know when i have to meet him for long. gonna get you people who <laughs> allegedly um i also had sort of along the same route uh kind of on an older guy pat riley the godfather mm. yeah mm-hmm. he, he just oozes coolness that's a good one so does patino allegedly oozes I we, have, already uh, have the, we already have the coolest coach, low key. We do. Swaggy Cal. He was just a, him and Drake are pals. He had Lil Wayne. He has over all the time. Like, uh, no, Leonard and Drake Hamilton join our staff. Stay silent, like lasagna. I mean, he's connected to Kentucky. 
Drake could be like a GA. <laughs> the off season. Drake Drake's the uh, water bottle guy. Drake Drake's taking Beisner's role. Facts. <laughs> Yeah, Drake was out there shooting on the court. I think Drake counts. He's connected. Some other some other head coach ideas I had were Jamal Ashburn. Um oh, who else? Uh Kenny Skywalker. Just like that. That's a name. He's got a cool nickname. Uh Jack Goose Given, still connected with Kentucky. Just like I I don't think that like current players, like current high school recruits would think that those guys are like the coolest guys in the world. But like They've got a history. They got cool nicknames. Could be something. I have a name that I have a name that never played for Kentucky. Was never directly connected with Kentucky, but has connections due to Kentucky. Not head coach, but I want them as an assistant. Tracy McGrady. Ooh, nice. Good name. And I guess along the same line of thinking, like Dirk Nowitzki, maybe. Sean Kemp. Now I'm just getting sad. <laughs> yeah. Like, Shaden, LeBron like James. Cade Cunningham. <laughs> LeBron James did the Y at Rupp Arena once. Does that mean he's connected to Kentucky? Cade Cunningham's stepbrother. The guy that drove James Wiseman's moving truck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here, here, I'm going to go ahead and read you because I think at this point we're just reading names and then we'll kind of yeah. narrow it down. Let's think he's dead. How about we <laughs> how we each just choose one? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um, I've got uh Marcus Cousins. Yeah, John Wall. I don't know if we listed him. Him and Boogie. John Wall, Rajon Rondo. Yeah. That's a name that just people know. Uh Tyler Ulis is a, a current coach. And like I would love to play for Tyler Ulis. Uh Brad Calipari. Yes, oh, Brad Calipari. Yes, bringing the wardrobe. He's the coolest guy. Earned, not given. He's on your cool list. Earned, well. not given. Um, we've got Willie Cauley Stein. I think that would be a really fun guy to play for. Trill, uh, Mr. Trill himself. Uh, and we've got to say Lance Ware. Lance oh, Ware, Lance if Ware. You're, if you're talking about a player's coach, Lance Ware is a player's coach. I know he's a current active college basketball player, but like in the future. Man, I I know. I think in the interview we asked him, like, "Do do you think about coaching?" He's like, "Ah, not really." But if you ever wanted to, yeah. One thing I know for certain, he is a great mac and cheese coach. He is. I know that for sure. He got you back in the lab. He got you right. (laughs) The two other names I have. One of them makes more sense. Tyler Hero. I think that would be a fun name if you were ever getting coaching. Uh, Other kind of sneaky one. I think Isaiah Briscoe. He's oh, just a cool guy. Yeah. Isaiah Briscoe is just like got that swagger. He'll talk his stuff. Like he he'd sound a lot like uh Coach Prime, even if he doesn't have like the name of Coach Prime. Mm-hmm. What's Jared Polson up to nowadays? <laughs> Jared Polson, John Hood. Tom I met Landry. Jared Polson one time at the SEC tournament in Nashville. He was just walking down the street and I was like, I think that's Jared Polson. And it was. <laughs> it wasn't. It was some it was. random guy that just tried to make you feel good. <laughs> it was. He had lost weight. Cool. Yeah. How do you want me to respond to that? <laughs> just, that's that's what he was up to at that one time that I met him. All right. So I think we should each choose someone 
but someone has someone gets to pick head coach. WT, you've done the best uh, job, so it has to be you. I'll pick the head coach. I'm going to go with Pat Riley. That guy, like, he's just Mr. Cool. Like, he's slick in his suits. Uh, I know he's, like, really old, but just kind of his swagger seems really really good. And I don't think there's any, like, head coaching age guys for Kentucky that just scream, like, superstar. I'm sticking Tracy McGrady because I think that's just an awesome idea for myself. Absolutely. I'm sticking with Bradley. I'm going to go uh, Jay Lucas. You two are terrible. <laughs> Release that graphic. <laughs> Drop that graphic. <laughs> Bradley's big head. Bradley, I'm not going to need you to send another picture of you like in your coaching suit. With your oh, coaching yeah. Tie. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great idea for a draft. And then Buddy and Bradley have to go and. Look, you named every person known to man. You okay? Well, yeah, you can steal one of my them. staff is going to be hilarious. <laughs> I picked Jay Lucas for a reason. You'll see when I name my assistants. But no, we're we're working yeah, together. We're building one we're staff. Built on staff. What? Oh, well, this my. is going to be significantly uh, Muhammad less. Ali what? Muhammad Ali who? This is going to be significantly less funny. Riley, I think that makes it worse because you wanted Jay Lucas to use your first pick. Jay Lucas was my head coach, yeah. (laughs) Then my assistants were going to be Cameron Fletcher, Khalil Whitney, and Isaac DiGregorio. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. Oh my god. Man. <laughs> All right. It's probably time for listeners' questions. Uh WT, <laughs> just make this graphic however you want to. I I don't know if I, the graphic's gonna happen. That was an absolute train wreck. <laughs> Sorry, I misunderstood. Oh, that's fine. It's fine. You like you I like Bradley's a good pick. I don't care what you say. Oh. Thank you. Eli Cox. Thank you, buddy. Our friend of the show, Eli Cox. He says, How legendary was the Matt Sack? legendary listener eli cox dap up um it was pretty legendary but bradley was also i met you too bradley what a jerk what a jerk you weren't a part of the dap up though we dapped up you kind of just stood there i was i was he kind of gave me a high five that's not a dap up bradley this is why you're not the cool head coach Uh, according to buddy i am cooler than jay lucas maybe Skid says, if you are, and let me quote this exactly, Fofos, I'm tipping, Woodgrain, I'm gripping. What else will we catch you doing? Um, You could be lane switching with the paint dripping. And if one were to hypothetically turn their head, they may find their dame missing. Joshua says, how worried are we? Boys, are we worried? <laughs> yeah. Talking about Big Z, yeah. Just, Just generally, we're kind of in a worried state as Kentucky fans at this point in time. I mean, about like succeeding. I mean, I, no, I think Aaron Bradshaw will pan out. You know, I think we'll be okay. But um, I mean, I'm still worried. Is he talking football? I don't know. I think just oh, like generally, as Kentucky fans, we're that that kind of goes into uh, Bo's question. How, 
that kind of goes into Bo's question. How does no big Z alter the ceiling for this team? Mm -hmm. I don't think it's good. I don't think it alters the ceiling that much. It alters the floor. Because like big Z is, I would say not like a slight step above Ugo as far as like quality big man. Big Z, like if you if you watch and read like all the scouting reports, has some major issues. There's a reason why he's worked out for the NBA twice and decided not to go to the draft. Like there are some major issues with him, but he obviously has some big flashes. So like he'd be a great guy to come in for 15 minutes a game to like provide a mismatch. But he's gonna make he would make mistakes too. So I think that he he raises the floor so that like if an injury happens. We still have a viable center. Uh, if Ugo's injury is worse than we think, we have two centers to start the season. But I don't think he necessarily raises the ceiling necessarily. I, I think I agree. And I, I I also think I think he'd be better, you know, just in the context of our offense as well. And some of those like problems wouldn't be so glaring. Um, but one good take, the best take I've heard of of Big Z. Um Roy tweets truth, said it. Friend of the show, Roy, good pal. Um, essentially, he just said, you know, Big Z and that commitment, you know, this whole thing is more of a testament to like Cal changing and, you know, modernizing and going toward in the right direction with our offense um, and our style than it is anything else. You know, whether we get them or not, this still tells us something about, um, about, where we're headed, what Cal's trying to do. And it's, it's a good sign, you know, anyway, you slice it. So. Yeah. Personally, I think the ceiling of this team is probably like Trey Mitchell and Aaron Bradshaw playing about 25 to 30 minutes a game at the four and five and any leftover minutes is like a Sierra or Justin Edwards playing like a stretch four. I think that's the ceiling of this team is Aaron Bradshaw. I mean, he's, the highest potential but like like you said if Aaron Bradshaw or Ugo struggle to come back or maybe they aren't ready and then you have a third athletic seven footer that could slide in and provide more of a floor I mean two or having three seven footers you have no idea what you're going to get is a higher floor than having just two to me Z was always going to be a luxury so you know I I think with or without him it's a potential final four championship level team. So I I don't think the ceiling is different. The floor maybe is where you get into a conversation of, you know, Brad, Bradshaw, how does he come back from injury? Ugo, how does he come back? Uh, you know, is, is Trey Mitchell able to be the defensive five that we need? I'm thinking especially against Hunter Dickinson, you know, so I, I don't think ceiling would be that much higher. I would view him as a floor raiser. And I think that really shows like how stupid of a situation this is that we have a guy that very well might be like the 10th man on our roster, might be the third center, might might play five to 10 minutes a game. Guys that we unanimously agree do not change the ceiling of this team. A guy like that like that we didn't even know we had until like mid-August and now it's mid-September and we think he's gone and we're this pissed about it. That just shows how stupid the situation is. It's not like we're like, oh shit, like Shaden Sharp, the guy that was supposed to put up 20 points a game just left and we have no replacement options. And like, it's not like that. 
it's like this is just a guy that was a luxury, but this situation is handled so pathetically that it aggravates us this much. That's that's the crazy thing though, is like we, we say he'd be the tenth man, but we don't know. I mean, he could he could have come in and been the best player on our roster. I mean, there's yeah. just you know, he could go to DePaul or whatever and be Big East player of the year. But it was I, I just don't just don't know. Really good question uh, I, by uh oh go ahead. I'll say I have a kind of a hidden question. I've sent out a uh, um accidental listener's question tweet and oh. this person asked a question but then didn't re-ask it on the second tweet. Best question that's ever been asked in this podcast. Uh certified mother's boy, real BBN fan says, What is one potential limited edition AL8 flavor that could dethrone the OG? And uh, I'll make it known. I I like my favorite AL8 is the orange cream, and I like it better than the OG. It is what it is. If you have something to say, say it to my face. Uh, except you don't can't see my face because I'm a burner. So, um, but I would say a potential AL8 flavor that I think would be really good. That's really tough. I think that like. I mean, you just keep adding different fruits. Like strawberry could be good. Um, they tried grape one time. Grape was really bad. Uh, any any of you have any ideas? My oh. idea is that when I see you in person in nine days, I will tell you to your face that orange cream being the best is moronic. Watermelon, I think, would be really good. Watermelon Ooh, or strawberry, wa- I think, are the watermelon? two that could. I am. I think really- like beginning of summer like may like april may watermelon would be great did my uh audio mess up yeah you just kind of lagged out for a second there uh something important i'm a really big fan of raspberry flavored things Mm. so i think like raspberry or maybe blue raspberry which by the way i found out why Mm -hmm. blue raspberry is a thing it's probably not that interesting of a story, but I'll tell y'all off air. Or I can tell it on air if if y'all want to. Tell us right now. You want me to? Give us the spark okay. notes. Spark notes. Okay, so in like the 40s, when they were coming up with new popsicle flavors, they had so many red ones. You've got cherry, you've got strawberry, you've got fruit punch, you've got watermelon, and they're all red. So people had raspberry, and they're like, well, this is just another red thing. They're like, we've got all this blue dye sitting around. Well, we can't make watermelon or strawberry blue, obviously. Why don't we just make raspberry blue? Uh, so that's how blue raspberry uh, came to be. That's cool. Allegedly. How about Bradley flavored? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, peach would have been my pick, except they actually made it. Um, And so maybe like... I don't know. I like mango drinks. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Um, mango. Um, I would think like this is gonna maybe a bizarre pick. I don't know if anybody said this, but like a green apple flavor. Yeah. I like green apple Ooh. a lot. Uh, and so I think that, that might smack. Um maybe we're taking the wrong approach to this. If we're picking fruits that we like. I don't necessarily like peach things, but the peach was one of my favorite. I don't even like blackberry things. The blackberries might Second favorite, only behind the OG. So maybe it's like a fruit that I don't like. What if 
green apple. They do a AL8 lemonade. Oh. That's interesting. I think an, an AL8 like lemon, like like I know it's already a citrus drink, but just like really crank up the lemon. Okay. Like an L Palmer. Have y'all ever had the ginger ale lemonade combo? It is so it tastes like Lysol, but in like a good way. <laughs> oh, it's it's one of my favorite drinks. I love that's, it. That's the ale nerd. Do you know what? Actually, I have the best one. Do you know what would be a perfect uh AL8 blend? What if it was Woodford Reserve flavored AL8? All right. Just get Woodford Reserve at that point. I will. That was my point. That's what I'm going to do. Um, I had a listener question. I really like this one. La Familia Enjoyer at Big Blue Dude underscore favorite Rup to No Good podcast moment. I think this... it was like the third time that Bradley said people forget that Jim Beheim <laughs> literally it was officially made me a bit. Like, it, it literally made me drop to the ground to start laughing. <laughs> I'm looking um, up. Are out of context bubble bath right now. The bubble bath moment was cracking me up. When I asked Lance where what his favorite meat was, <laughs> was his favorite, <laughs> what's your favorite meat? His face, dude, the shot on his face. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I misspoke. He was just um, like, I, 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 yeah, that was good stuff. There, there was a story that we told that I don't think we'll ever see the light of day. It was a fake hypothetical made-up scenario about oscar uh it was it was hilarious uh but but we'll never see the light of day uh, i think one of i think one of my favorite running bits that we have is the um uh, red pill read i think when we (laughs) came up with that that was like the funniest thing in the world and now we're gonna actually lose avishich which would have been great for those type of memes my favorite tweet that I ever made was um, read Shepard highlights over God bless the USA. <laughs> <laughs> I still see that graphic going around that I made for the out of context with just read Shepard and like behind the American flag. Yeah, Pel- it's, Pel's it's, got a hold on. Like mm-hmm. I've seen it going around on Twitter. Uh, all right, we probably got to wrap this thing up. We play Akron. I hope we win seventy nothing. Um, but you know what? I think we went fifty-six to seven. Um, I think I've been in dead last place so far, so I'll let someone else pick MVP first. But my score is going to be fifty-six to seven. Who who won last time? Do we remember? Me. Oh, I technically uh, had the I closest score. I had the closest score, right? You had the closest score. Right. I I think I picked Trevin Wallace and. No one on the offense deserves the MVP from last week. So. Well, Tavion Robinson, but no one had him. Yeah. Um, give me give me 56 to 7, and my MVP will be Devin Leary. Because I win, I get to go. Uh, and WTU at the MVP, so you get to go next. Okay, I'll go. Um, I'm going to go... Kentucky wins 34 to 10. God, I hope not. I mean, I hope not, but I'm trying to win this competition right now. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to take. Oh, that's tough. You know what? I'm going to say Dane Key 
gets three receiving touchdowns. Wow. I'm going to say 42 to 10 Kentucky. Barry and Brown, MVP. Sticking to it. You know what? <laughs> I've been wrong thus far, but I'm convinced that I will not be wrong this time. The offense is going to be humming. It's going to be clicking. Leary's going to have plenty of passing yards. The receivers aren't going to have any bad drops. They're going to get it really close to the goal line. And you know who's going to clean up whenever they get close to the goal line? Jatan McLean. Close. Ramon Jefferson. Close. Aya Sharon. Not close. <laughs> is this person a dog? This person is a dog, Sack. That would be one Ray Davis Jr. Nobody might have wanted him up. <laughs> Seven years ago. How bad was that, by the way? That was awful. But, but everybody is going everybody is going to want him in the end zone because he is going to set the SEC record for rushing touchdowns in a game. Suck it, showboat. Um uh, what was his Boykin name? Back Boykin. 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 How do you I forget about him, Boykin? I want to call him like Archibald McGregor. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that's a guy from Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, but uh, Showboat Boykin. What's that guy? Um, What's that guy that Nick McCardle likes? Cracker which Quentin? one? Which one? The, the <laughs> white guy Quentin. from Wisconsin. The white guy from Wisconsin. That's yeah, the one Cracker Quentin. What's your final score? <laughs> uh, my final score is going to be a final score of 63 to, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let them have. Uh, nine, so sixty-three to nine. MVP Ray Davis shatters uh, Arnold Showboat Boykins uh, SEC record. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Arnold Show Arnold Showboat Boykin. That's a tongue twister. It's You'll get a one day. And uh, uh, <laughs> rest in peace. Thank you for your service for your time. Uh, and um, yeah, Ray Ray Davis is my MVP. So if I'm keeping score correct. WT, you had the week one score closest and the week two MVP giving That's you right. two points. Bradley had the week one MVP with Ray Davis. I had the week two closest score prediction, even though I was off by like 30 points. Everyone was just worse. Buddy, you're laying a goose egg up there with the zero. That's all right. I, I was beating y'all in basketball last year for most of the most of the season. So. But we didn't keep score, so it doesn't count. But uh, <laughs> adds up. Let's go, Cats. Let's try to be less worried. I hope UK Athletics gives us reasons to be less worried. Um, free Big Z till it's backwards. Goodbye, BBN. <laughs>